Welcome to our latest podcast series in which we, the Industry.Fashion, in partnership with international logistics company Advanced Supply Chain Group, explore how six leading fashion retailers are managing their businesses in the face of some of the greatest disruption the world has experienced in a lifetime. In the wake of the pandemic, retailers are grappling with challenges across their supply chain affecting stock availability and impacting customer experience and, of course, profit margins. The long-anticipated new normal has been revealed and what it looks like is continued disruption and unpredictability on both the demand and supply side, meaning retailers need to be more innovative, more creative and more agile than ever before. Key to navigating through these testing times is having full visibility of stock in real time and anticipating market movements. Our partner, Advanced Supply Chain Group, offers software with the capability to provide a control tower view of stock inventory management. This central view and point of control provides a rich source of data to improve forecasting and create contingency plans for dealing with unforeseen events. In addition, its vector software is used by retailers to draw data on sales and returns to build understanding of consumer purchasing trends. This means retailers can create more personalised marketing services, such as recommending certain styles and sizes to customers, providing an enhanced service and maximising sales. For further data and tips on how to manage demand, enhance sales and understand shifting consumer behaviour, we have also produced an in-depth study of 2,000 British fashion shoppers in partnership with Advanced Supply Chain Group called Reshopping Returns, Refunds and Respending, which can be downloaded from our website. These podcasts are designed to inspire and motivate fashion retailers across the sector. It is possible to be successful in the face of such challenges and the retailers we have chosen are proof of that. Jim Plus Coffee is one of Ireland's fastest growing lifestyle brands. Founded in 2017 by a team of friends with backgrounds in media, marketing and retail and a shared passion for combining fitness and community, the brand began with a core collection of hoodies. It has since expanded into a fully-fledged activewear collection for both men and women and, as well as its international e-stores, it now has physical retail stores in Ireland, as well as in strategic locations throughout the UK. It has also recently opened a UK warehouse to complement a facility in Belgium to meet with growing demand. The brand has recently secured a €17 million investment to fuel further growth, particularly in retail stores. One of Ireland's best-known musicians, Niall Horan, who shot to fame initially as a member of One Direction, is also a backer. He's not to be confused with the brand's co-founder, Niall Horgan, who joins us on the podcast today, along with his fellow founder, Dermot McSweeney. They are the CEO and CMO of the business, respectively, and they talk to me, Loretta Roberts, editor-in-chief of the Industry.Fashion, about how the brand achieved this remarkable growth during such a tumultuous global backdrop how it adapted to the challenges brought about by the pandemic and the opportunities that lie ahead. Niall and Dermot of Gym Plus Coffee, welcome to the podcast. Really great to see you. How are you? Yeah, great. Thanks. Yeah, delighted to be here. Brilliant. Thanks so much for the invitation. Looking forward to the conversation. Yeah, looking forward to this one, actually. Um, We've been keeping an eye on you guys for a while now and you're doing so incredibly well so this is going to be fascinating. Got really interesting backgrounds as well. So you're not of a fashion and apparel background. So I thought we could just start there and get a bit of an intro into your history, each of your careers and how you met. And I know we've got two thirds of the founding team here, but, you know, let's talk about it. So Niall, tell us about you. You have a media background, didn't you? 
yeah, uh, yeah. So um, media and tech were, 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 I suppose, my background. Um, give a little bit of of the history. Dearman and I uh, have known each other from since college. Uh, we did the same degree in college uh, a long time ago. And uh, yeah, we're two thirds. Carl, who who runs our product side of things, isn't isn't here today. But from from myself and Dearman, we did the same commerce degree um, almost twenty years ago. But our careers would have gone off in slightly different directions and even slightly different geographies as well. So I started my career working for Sky Media um, in their operation here in Dublin and spent a couple of years there. I then moved on to uh, Twitter um, in two thousand and twelve, who were setting up their European operations at the time. So I was lucky enough to be number 10 in the door here in, in Europe for Twitter and spent almost five years working for that great company and seeing them scale up across Europe, Middle East and Africa. And, you know, during my time there was was responsible for setting up a lot of these uh, sales partnerships um, in, in our emerging markets. So spent a year taking maybe 110 flights at one stage and, you know, all this kind of craziness, but got a, got a real love of... Uh, of a, of a startup environment and, you know, especially seeing, seeing a, a brand and a business uh, scale. I then left, uh, I, I left Twitter and moved to Slack. Um, if, if anyone knows, it's another, uh, well, it's, a, it's a software company um, headquartered in, in, in San Francisco and uh, they were scaling again their operations uh, in, in Europe. And it was uh, while I was at Slack, myself and Dermot, you know, started conversations which led us to, you know, create create Gym Plus Coffee. And I think the kind of the last thing to maybe mention on it, it was it was probably because and I'll let Dermot tell his part in a second, but uh during my time with those tech companies, I was spending a lot of time in uh the west coast of, of the US. So, you know, in California and, and Vancouver in Canada, and was very inspired by the lifestyles in that part of the world. People incredibly passionate about their health, their fitness, their exercise. And I absolutely loved it, you know, felt it was a real uh, positive lifestyle to be living and certainly one I was I was embracing myself. Um, and you could see, you know, this was kind of five, six, seven years ago, um, you know, places like that being a little bit ahead of the curve, maybe compared to 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 Ireland or the UK. So we could see a lot of the trends that were maybe starting or emerging there start to to come out in, 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 in Europe as well. So that was that was kind of my part of the journey that 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 led me to uh, to, to to co co found Gym Plus Coffee. It actually all seems very logical now that you explain it that way, doesn't it? Because it might have seemed like a slightly left field move to come from social media or tech um, to launching the apparel brand, active, but it all makes a great deal of sense. So, Demo, tell us about yourself. So obviously, you two met as students. What did you do before you came together to launch this venture? Sure, yeah. Um, and yeah, it all makes sense going backwards. Um, yeah. But <laughs> yeah, we we, um, we went down a slightly different path after university, as Niall said. So um, I went down like the creative agency route. Um, so I joined uh, TBWA in Dublin um, as a strategist. Um, and I stayed there for five years and absolutely loved it. It was certainly challenging times for the advertising industry um kind of going through the recession but also going through the adoption of of much more digital channels um and it was a really interesting time but i learned a huge amount about about brand strategy and uh, communications planning and i suppose the, the the early days relative early days of you know social media and digital strategies for uh, for campaigns so 
a really, really good foundation. Um, I moved to Australia then, um, uh, absolutely loved it, um, doing similar work in, in, um, in agencies like Dentsu over there. So, um, same work, but much, much bigger budgets, uh, which was, uh, which was nice. Um, no recession. Um, but again, learned a lot of new, new, uh, parts of, of advertising communications. Um, but was able to bring a lot of the brand strategy thinking, which I, which I really, really loved. Um, I guess similar to Nile in a way, you know, I progressed my career while I was in Australia when I was like kind of overseas, but, uh, it was more like what I took from Australia was more, I suppose, personal and what I enjoyed about the culture, um, and how Australians just uh, strike the balance, uh, so well between, um, socializing and exercising and working, um, enjoying a beer and still being able to do triathlons and, um, <laughs> and marathons and all that. So learned a huge amount there, um, about, I suppose the lifestyle that I wanted to live, um, and even though I moved back a few years later, I, I still wanted to continue that, you know, even when I came back to Dublin. So I was lucky enough to join um, Ogilvy in Dublin as the strategy director um, when I came back and worked on some um, some fantastic um, clients. But I guess what I had taken kind of personally, you know, from a lifestyle point of view from Australia, um, I, I kind of matched that with, I suppose, a professional ambition. Like Niall and I had always kind of shared ideas uh, over the years and but it was when I came back and he started telling me about what he liked and then chatting to Carl Carl had been in Sydney and Melbourne and he was just sharing all the same experiences you know so it was certainly kind of a real personal lifestyle passion first um but then we just had this entrepreneurial itch I guess and you know when you do your research then you start to look at what are the opportunities and what's booming and um we were kind of in the middle of that target demographic. So what we were starting to be into was what was booming, you know, within the category, you know? So, um, yeah, it all kind of came together organically, which I think, um, you know, not to jump ahead further to other topics, but that's really stood to us, you know, over the first couple of years, certainly. And, and, but then throughout the whole journey of Jim Plus Coffee so far, because, you know, if you're not personally passionate about it, there'd be plenty of reasons to kind of stop, you know, or let an obstacle become too big. Um, so you need to have that, that real buzz for it. I think. You do. Um, starting a business is tough. And if you don't love what you do, I imagine it must be almost impossible to keep going when there are dark times, because there will be, no matter how on the, you know, on the pulse you are, which you are, it's still tough, you know, (laughs) tell us a bit about the, the philosophy of the brand before we get into exactly what the brand is because you've always said and given your backgrounds this makes sense it's been as much about community as it is about the product and I guess that's reflected in the name that you chose for it can you just elaborate a bit on that yeah it's always good to address the 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 elephant in the room of our confusing name um (laughs) because uh it tends to, to, to to cause confusion um it's intriguing. That's what it is. It's intriguing. Uh, it's an icebreaker. It's an, it's it's an, an icebreaker. icebreaker because, yeah, yeah. look, again, we're, we we do not own own gyms and we we, we don't uh, retail coffee. But for us, for us, it really did come from that lifestyle, right? Because um, we'll talk about the product in a minute. And we knew we needed to have 
hugely you know high quality product to to back it up but it was it came from our love for the lifestyle um and that 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 kind of balance that Dermot spoke about where people were exercising and socializing at the same 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 side and we wanted to inspire others to do that and in in more an accessible way than the you've got to be the best of the best of the you know the, the best out there we felt there's that there's there's a nicer balance to strike with it and we were essentially living and wanting to speak to an audience who is that audience that likes maybe getting up a little bit early going for a run or training with friends and then you know maybe grabbing a coffee afterwards as well or a brunch and you know you know having that that kind of lifestyle so it was really you know we kind of literally put that that name on 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 the brand and it was you know it really ties into that messaging that the gym you know is yes health fitness exercise is really important and should be looked at and prioritized but also you know the coffee is equally important which symbolizes the social side of it as well so you know uh while it's maybe a hurdle uh you know for for people discovering us i do think once people start to learn more about the brand or, or kind of see us on social media or see people talking about us i think that that maybe comes to life a little bit more as well so so for us that that kind of you know, I suppose brand positioning and what we wanted to stand for and who we wanted to speak to was 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 right there from the beginning. And, and while we've we've maybe sharpened it over o- over the years, it's 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 really stayed true to where the brand and the business was created. I think I got it. I don't consider myself to be a genius, but when I heard I got it, I, just, <laughs> I think I knew where you were coming from from that point of view. You could have called it gym plus beer; that would have been bad. But gym plus coffee, <laughs> gym plus matcha, or whatever. I no, I, 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 I get it. Um, let's then talk about the product because what did, what did it look like at the beginning? What did you think? Right, well, we'll go to market with X, Y, and Z. What, what, what did the brand look like? When when we sat down and you mentioned it kind of in your introduction, you know, we don't have specific product backgrounds. So no. uh, when we first started out, we were just using ourselves as that as that customer base. You know, we felt like if if we were happy with the product uh, for launch, um, you know, then then we would be able to connect with someone because you know, as Nal mentioned just there, you know, that brand proposition, we were confident that if we mm. could get that brand proposition out there and, and and we could really build up that community base that there would be people that would connect with it. So we just wanted to make sure that the product lived up to that as well. But yeah, just starting out, we, um, we were essentially a, a hoodie brand, yeah. you know? Um, um, and I suppose the important thing from that again was similar to the name was just being synonymous with the lifestyle that we were talking about. Cause when we first sat down, you know, first ever conversation about what Jim Plus Coffee was to become, we just said to ourselves, what is the signature item of this lifestyle? Um, and what we're talking about, uh, I'm not sure if we knew the term athleisure then, but, um, yeah, was discovered after. but, uh, but you know, what we were talking about is just those pieces of, of your, of your wardrobe that are flexible, versatile, Comfortable. Um, comfortable would allow you to go to and from different things just what people want nowadays and really like the the hoodie is the signature piece of that so we knew what we liked um and i guess that kind of single-mindedness or, or simple approach is what helped us get off the ground i think back in those days because we were we were working on other you know we had our careers at the time we were trying to get this off the ground i think if we had sat down and said let's design an entire collection or range you know um that we think a brand would come to market with 
I think that would have been the obstacle that would have stopped us from doing the whole idea in the first place. It was like what we wanted to do was to build a, a bit of momentum, build that community and start to see the traction. So, yeah, launching early days with that small collection of hoodies, what we built on then was just the feedback that we got from people, you know, and and we've kind of we've done that ever since. You know, it, it's it's based on what people are asking us for. And I, I think the, the kind of the, the, the other thing to layer over that, which was kind of really important was we wanted to be specific with, with the hoodies, but we, we did want to be known for quality. Um, you know, it was extremely important to us that we made sure when people shop from us, they'd want to come back. And, and, and it doesn't matter how authentic your brand is or cool your brand is or, you know, creative your marketing is. If people buy a product and they don't like it, it's over. So we needed to mm. to... To, to, to match the, all the work we were doing on the brand side of things with an extremely high quality product to to, to match and uh, that's definitely as well something that's been a huge huge focus on us we haven't you know taken taken shortcuts in the products from you know the little littlest features of you know zips or stitching or the fabrics and you know the manufacturing to make sure that we had that quality product to back up what we hoped and intended to be a quality brand yeah, I think people will forgive you lots of things, but they won't forgive you a poor product. You know, if your service is a bit shonky, yeah. but they love the, the sweater or whatever it is, they'll go, oh, whatever. I'll, I'll suffer it because I like it. But if they if the product is poor, I think you've got no chance, have you, really? I mean, Yeah, exactly. What, what's the extent of the collection now? Yeah, it's it's broadened. Uh, it's broadened over the the last couple of years. So you know, we created that that first key product to begin with, and then um, over the last number of years, it's broadened to kind of capture the other main components of 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 that um, that customer that we're going after. There's lifestyle. So the majority, um, you know, of of our product range would still be hoodies, and then you know, the majority of our product range, kind of sixty percent, would still be that more classical athleisure to and from pieces um but what we've what we've found over the last few years and what we've in, invested more in as well is you know technical training apparel, apparel um you know uh gym is in our name um and we have such high quality manufacturing partners that uh we were able to create like really uh a really nice collection of basic you know um in terms of basic like basics for 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 training so you know t-shirts shorts vests you know performance uh, running tops you know that allowed our, our, our essentially our customer to wear gym plus coffee all day long so you know they can you know get up in the morning put on that gear run into work they can then change into more of their athleisure kind of uh, classics wear it during the day and we even then have uh, you know a, a, a more of a relaxed range that people can kind of wear sitting on the couch later in the evening so we've just kind of expanded to be to with the same focus on our kind of customer and audience and community but just to try round out more aspects of their day yeah and what i must say i like about it um is i just think it's got a nice sophisticated look about it it's it's um some athleisure is a little bit out there for me but you've got just nice navy blues gray it's just i mean you have got the bright color but you've got you can buy into that in a nice relaxed way i really like it and that i guess that is because people will want to wear it all day you know they don't want to go out and make some great statement in something neon 24 7 maybe <laughs> yeah I, th- I think so like it's 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 evolved over time but again you know certainly to begin with in the first few years we were like you know us and the other members of the team as they brought in what did they want to wear and it was again you know 
there was a, a sort of a, a a charm to the simplicity of the product that we were bringing out in terms of the you know block colors silhouettes that were being used in them um and and it, to also you know we we pride ourselves in so many ways as a brand one of our four, you know core pillars is to be accessible um so that's you know for the community that we serve and you know even on our price point and things like that but you know certainly we felt that even in our in our product as well that um there should be a product you know for, for everyone and in general that's the kind of that that accessibility within in the product range itself it's it's genuinely it's genuinely very, very nice because I struggle, I'm a person I struggle a little bit with gym wear because it's always a bit out there for me. But even though the, you've got the bright colours, they are just really nicely executed. Just so that people understand then, can you just give us a bit of a, a range on your pricing so that people know where you sit? I'm sure they'll go and look at your website and I would urge them to do, but we are on a podcast. So. <laughs> yes, please check out our website, gymfirstcoffee.co.uk. Uh, <laughs> um, no, but uh, so so uh, so I think like a kind of the the – the hoodie again, which is 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 my part for us, is somewhere between seventy and eighty pounds. Um, if right. if if looking at it, and I think for us, you know, when we look at the quality of our product versus you know other brands in the industry, we 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 feel we can kind of uh, better uh, and go toe to toe with all the big ones who would be charging even a much more uh, kind of premium price on them. So we wanted again that inclusivity and accessibility through our, our, our community base. Then our t-shirts are kind of, you know, 30, 30 pounds, shorts, sort of 40 pounds, you know, crew necks kind of 50 pounds, that, that, that type of area. So a little bit above maybe your, your sort of your basic Nike or Adidas, but again, not as, as premium as some of the other brands out there in terms of the, the price point. Advanced Supply Chain Group is an international logistics company moving more than 139 million products across the globe each year for some of the world's biggest and most successful retailers and consumer brands. The company operates seven owned sites across the UK, Europe and Middle East and has established a network of trading partners that span every continent. Advanced Supply Chain Group's mission is to partner with customers to make supply chains better, faster, cheaper. An important part of this is the business's tech capabilities. The company develops its own supply chain software in-house, including the award-winning Vector, to provide retailers and brands with solutions that have been created to specifically meet their goals. In September 2021, Advanced Supply Chain Group was acquired by Reconomy and operates as part of the Reconomy Group's Product Returns division. Visit them at www.advancedsupplychain.com to find out more. Um, talk about um, Nike and Adidas, for example, because I've I've done a few. I've been very lucky. I've done a few podcasts. I've interviewed a few people lately in your space, and it has amazed me the number of brands that have come up out of the UK and Ireland, as you have, who've really produced really credible brands that are as desirable, if not more so, than some of the stuff that these global players are producing. And I mean, Devon, maybe with this is something you can answer with your strategic branding background <laughs> um why do you think then particularly in this active arena that there has been such a gravitation towards these new emerging brands lately yeah i think for us it's uh it is very a very dynamic space and you know we're discovering new brands a lot of the time as well and w- which is amazing because we spend every day thinking about about the category um I think the the main reason is because the 
the category is just expanding at such a fast rate. You know, you have um, that's where consumers' interests are. That's where the trends and the behavior behaviors are uh, culturally. So I guess you're going to have uh, a lot, a lot of of new entrants. Um, it's probably a little easier than years before um, to get brands off the ground now. I think it's yeah. challenging the smaller brands that you have coming in because not all of them will be able to survive. But it's certainly easier to get a, a business up and running, to get a website live than it would have been 10 years ago, you know. So that's probably one reason. Um, but I think from a consumer point of view overall or, you know, from a kind of a trends point of view, I think people are always looking for new brands when they feel like them, they themselves are going through a bit of a change in their own lifestyle. Um you know, some of the bigger brands have uh, been around for 50, 60, 70 years. So, yes, they'll bring out yeah. new collections. But, you know, having some of those bigger legacy brands across your chest or your back doesn't really represent uh, a huge amount for what you yourself might be going through as a person um, with, with like a new lifestyle that you've adopted or something. So certainly when we were thinking about the early days of Jim Plus Coffee, um we were keen to represent uh modern ireland and a very changing ireland and for people who uh and not just ireland but but just talk about our, i suppose our home market and where we've come from like ireland has changed so dramatically over the last 10 or 15 years from a cultural point of view that you'd have to have new brands that would represent that you know you can't have all of the the more traditional brands so i think that's true across the board i think that's true in the uk Australia, the US, Germany, like there's there's brands that are coming out of all of these markets that represent a new modern consumer or a younger demographic. And those younger um, um, people don't want to be associated really with the older brands or else they just have a, a wider repertoire uh, of purchasing, you know, where they're they're comfortable having a, a large number of brands in the wardrobe. Um, but yeah, I, I, it's a really, really interesting space. There's so much happening. There's so much happening around sustainability um you know innovation in so many different areas different business models um yeah. the innovation of fabrics is fascinating and then all the kind of uh, marketing tactics and how you go to market as well so it's always cool to keep up to date and um seeing the competition vary from market to market you know is is really really interesting for us just to see who are the different brands that are resonating with different customers and who are the ones that are connecting on Instagram versus TikTok or, you know, there's, there's so many dynamics that you you have to take into account at all times. Oh, it's, it is. It's really, it's really, really fascinating. It's great. It's great to see. Um, we have to talk about it, although I'm a bit bored of talking about it, but we have to, it, this, the period of the pandemic, because actually you seem to have been one of those brands that will have been well-placed to thrive in that environment. I mean, and, and I don't, I don't say that as in, wasn't it a good thing it wasn't it was terrible but at least you were in a space where you were producing product that people were consuming in greater quantities I mean how did that how what was that period like for you as a, a business and you know yeah it was a real roller coaster yeah I mean you only started in 2017 yeah exactly so so I mean when we started in 2017 we were not ex- you know really expecting our 2016 you know like kind of the a COVID to hit, Brexit to hit, all this kind of stuff that was, you know, not part of the original business plan. Um, but we, I think we found it like, uh, I suppose I'll talk about kind of the, the, the negative side first. It was, you know, 
we had grown over that period from uh, previously from being just an online brand to having bricks and mortar stores as, as well. So, you know, they all had to be closed and that was, you know, really worrying. And, you know, those first couple of weeks where you don't know what's, what's, what, what's going to happen. And as the pandemic went, went on, and I'm sure, you know, guests have spoken about obviously the, the problems with supply chain and global manufacturing and the rising costs and the of containers and the delays and the Suez canals and you know so operationally it was so hard um behind the scenes but um but thankfully demand increased during that period for us i think you know being an online first business and being in the category of athleisure or hoodies you know both areas where people were shopping online and wanted a hoodie for for working working at home and I think we found as well, um, you know, certainly a kind of a rally around, you know, to support startups, uh, which was, you know, something that made us really proud to see our kind of community rally around us. And, you know, kind of the messages that we got and we tried to move all our in real life marketing tactics online and, you know, still to see that kind of that, that, that swell of support, you know, come towards it was 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 brilliant. So we were just frantically sprinting to try keep the supply up with the demand and that's that that sounds like a great problem and obviously it, it, it's better than the the inverse of that but it just it you know it gives it gives uh it gives you a lot of respect for the brands out there who who you know have been a few years ahead of us and are bigger bigger than than we are that you know over the last 10 20 years they've not only been able to obviously scale so fast the demand of the product but actually to be able to demand to, to scale the supply and the operations and the logistics like they're two they're such you know different challenges so um i think for us that was where most of our focus went was was really trying to you know keep the keep the business going and to to, to use it as an opportunity to kind of scale up over that period just 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 talk about that um supply chain matter since you've raised it now um because I'm very curious about this. So I suppose better to struggle to keep up with demand than have warehouses bursting with stock that you can't shift, which is what a lot of other people faced, I think, during that period of time. But still, nonetheless, tricky and your young brand. So can we talk about your distribution now as it stands? Because you have been opening stores and some of them you've opened post-pandemic, but you've got your website. How many stores have you got? Where are they? Um, and we'll take it from there. Yeah, I actually, I, I might nearly go go the other way to talk about pre-pandemic because I think to kind of see the journey we've gone over over the couple of years. So, you know, going into the, the pandemic, we would have had uh, our online uh, our online business. We would have had uh, four or five stores just here in, in the Irish market, and we would have had our main three uh, PL distribution center in Dublin. You know, all the stock would go there and then be sent to customers or the stores. What happened to us during the pandemic uh, and is that uh, a lot of our products that were being manufactured in Asia at the time, we, we actually were were made, but we couldn't get them out of, 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 of uh, because of the logistics issues, couldn't get them out of there. So we were facing down the barrel of having no stock for at least kind of five, six months because it was going to take us that long them on a boat and get them to, to, to Ireland. So we disrupt, disrupted the entire supply chain. So we partnered with a, a, another logistics company in Shenzhen and we used their facility as a distribution facility um, to be able to send the stock that we had uh, that we had there directly to customers via FedEx 
within five days and thankfully during three to five days and thankfully during that period people were were accepting of a, a bit longer you know delays in, in their orders but it was a, like a massive you know uh open heart surgery change of our our logistics to be able to do it but you know we do we do look back now and say thank you know thank that you know are thankful that we did it and had you know maybe that innovation to be able to do that because it allowed us then as i said to kind of the scale up the the business rapidly during that period and then you know we made sure that we 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 you know um offset all the kind of additional carbon that was coming out as a result of that um just you know from a sustainability point of view as well which is incredibly important to us so then to kind of go back to your your your, your first question where we are now is um we have our uh, our online uh, business mainly driven by our Irish website and our UK website, um, although we have a few, a few other ones as well. We have uh, 12 retail stores, eight in Ireland and, and, and four in the UK. Um, and we have our main distribution facility actually in Belgium because uh, navigating again through Brexit as the other issue was a difficult one during that period. So it made actually sense for us to have the, the stock in, 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 in Europe um, but we are opening our UK warehouse uh, in the end of September. So we'll now have a UK distribution center as well. So it's been a journey, <laughs> um, but it's, uh, it's, uh, it's thankfully got yeah, us to where we are. I mean, some people are still in this, the state of where they don't have the stock in the right place and they're struggling to, to do that. So, you know, you've got to make sure you've got the stock that goes to your stores, the stock that goes direct to customers as well so it's a cha- it's a challenge isn't it making sure you yeah it's, it's, it's a huge challenge and i think then look you know it's about leaning into your strengths a little bit you know we were we you know were and you know still are in so many ways a small brand so we need to be yeah. more agile than the bigger players out there so you know yeah. it's going to be very hard for adidas to change how their supply chain is set up you know right. but we we could and although it took a lot of work it allowed us again to um uh you know to 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 scale up the business during a time that that could or should really have been a, a lot tougher without that supply coming through yeah it's very smart what about things like i'm um, just um returns so you know how do you how do you manage that then so the, the uk returns presume you'll go back to your uk warehouse etc i mean are you quick at getting that back into the ecosystem so you can sell that stock yeah, yeah, we're yeah, yeah. yeah we're, we're pretty good in it. We try leverage our, our 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 retail stores as well as much as possible. Either people can send there or hopefully call in there as well um, to, uh, to to do that. And yeah, the UK distribution center will make that a little bit a bit easier. We do offer free returns, um, and uh, you know when we look at kind of our returns rate versus industry standard, we're we're, we're pretty happy with it. So um, it's something yeah, like we need to make sure we keep an eye on. But I think that's where the kind of the omni-channel approach as well uh, becomes very convenient for the customer. And that's what the experience is, what customers are looking for nowadays. You know, they like it's not an online customer versus a store customer. It's it's customers wanting the fluidity between the two. And they don't really care about if you have internal barriers as a brand or as a business. You know, they want to have the relationship with both. And returns is obviously just one, you know, one kind of example of that relationship. But, you know, you buy an online order or you purchase an online order and you, you can return in store. But we know if you come back into the store that the, the team is there and they'll they'll probably turn you into a more valuable customer customer than a single channel customer. You know, so our omni channel customers are are, are much more valuable uh, to us. And, and having that relationship with both and 
offering the convenience for the customer, but also the experience as well. I think that's that's a really crucial part of of the brand now and 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 how we will how we will scale up. As well. Yeah, interesting. Well, talking about scaling up, I wanted to talk to you about investment because that was the last thing we wrote about you. But before we get to that, you you already had some pretty good high profile backing from somebody with a very similar name to you, Niall. But not to be confused. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm usually the disappointing Niall that turns up to meetings. Yeah, you. I mean, you have Niall Horan. Um, I'm sure a lot of our readers will know who that is. Um, singer songwriter, and you've got a lot of great ambassadors for the brand as well. So you, you really have been, um, you know, pushing that profile as well. How have you, you know, how did you go about that? Getting that back in. Yeah, it's. That? It's actually a very, very simple story, um, and, and we're kind of very privileged that 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 Niall, uh, the other Niall, um, you know, invested in in our business. But we were opening our London store, and it was sort of October twenty twenty, one of the sort of slight reopenings during lockdown before it went back into lockdown. So I was uh, uh, more stories there to tell, but um, we we. Sorry, I always admired Niall and we're, we're fans of his and, you know, somebody we would we, we always wanted to, to be in some way associated with the brand or business. But through a, a kind of a friend of a friend we who knew him, we uh, got an email to him to invite him down for the opening and see if he'd be interested in coming down to the store. A uh, bit of a Hail Mary. And uh, and uh, he 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 turned up. Uh, he turned up on the Saturday. Um, he spent time shopping around. Uh, I got to chat to him for you know, for, you know, 40 minutes. And uh, yeah, he was just so, uh, you know, so sound and engaged and interested in what the brand was doing. And I think what we didn't realize is, look, we, he was aware of the brand through his, his mates and friends. Um, and uh, as the conversation progressed, you know, uh, he's, he's very interested in supporting uh, business, especially Irish businesses and up and coming businesses. So, uh, it evolved from there, and uh, you know, a few months later, he he actually invested in the in the brand and the business, and you know, publicly put his name and his reputation and his his, his, his stature to it. So it was a huge boost of confidence for us as a brand at our sta- at our stage to see somebody like that come in and 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 uh, and, and, and you know back us in, in so many different ways. So um, yeah, he's just a you know a great kind of person to 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 have advising the business, and you know what he's done in in his field we want to do in, in in our field you know and be that kind of global global brand yeah women footballers you've got gaelic football you've got some really great athletes that are ambassadors as well haven't you absolutely yeah and it, it we call them like our make life richer collective which is the whole idea the brand idea around gym plus coffee and it's those people i guess that are really representing our values um in an authentic way um we don't we haven't and we don't kind of rush into any of these relationships you know it's getting to know these people making sure that they're uh, living the lifestyle that, that we're trying to promote something that we really love as well is that they are um, multifaceted people you know they have yeah. even if they're athletes or um or, or trainers or or whatever they are you know that there are different aspects of their own lives that they want to to get across so it's yeah. really showing them i guess as authentic members of our of our community they might be higher profile than other people but um they, they are just part of the community like everybody else is so it's nice to be able to tell their story um it's nice to collaborate with them on, on different events or 
partnerships or activities that we're we're doing but yeah first and foremost it's just we're always making sure it's from that authentic place um and making sure that they're representing the same values and telling the same messages that's great and it's a lovely lovely content on your blog and things from them as well so people interested now go and take a look it's a really it's a really nice space um I'm sure Niall Horan has been incredibly supportive, but I don't suppose he's been supportive to the tune of 17 million euros, which is you've just raised, I should point out. I mean, congratulations, that's huge. Um, tell us about your backers um, and tell us what you intend to spend your 17 million injection of funds on, um, because that's, a, that's an enormous vote of confidence from the investment community for you. Yeah, thanks so much. Um, we just we closed that deal a couple of weeks ago, um, yeah. so there was a, a few months of uh, you know tough work behind the scenes to to, uh, to to work on that. But it was a, a kind of a huge moment for us, another I suppose huge boost of confidence that we can take from it and look to uh, you know look to the next stage of growth for for us now. Um, we've been incredibly lucky to be backed by um, Castlegate, who uh, you know are Irish based. Um, and um and and uh uh you know the 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 family involved there have had a huge success in uh the e-commerce world um with with eShop world over the last last 10 years growing an incredibly massive business and had global success with it so you know real you know strategic help and advice coming coming into us from that as well and um you know for us it's like I said, it's it's really about that next stage for us. We kind of talk about it as Jim Plus Coffee 3.0 now. You know, the first first stage essentially was myself, Dermot and Carl, part-time, you know, driving around Ireland, you know, showing up at events with hoodies out the back of our car and, you know, this kind of real scrappy, you know, just getting the business up and running. Um, and then kind of, uh, you know, 2.0 was really managing the last kind of challenging few years through COVID where you were planning at best, you know, a month or two, but more likely a week or two ahead um, and just trying to, uh, you know, you kind of work that way. Whereas now this kind of allows us to plan a little bit more, at least medium term for the, for the business. Um, and especially as we're looking to expand into new markets, especially the UK for us, thankfully over the last few years, we've, we've built a profitable business here, here in Ireland, but we know, you know, the UK is, so much bigger you know we've little brand awareness compared to where we are in ireland so there's a new kind of uh opportunity and challenge ahead of us to to hopefully take the brand and the business that we're really proud of but now to bring it to a new audience in a new market and look we're very aware there's there's costs associated to do that um uh you know and we're a brand that really prides ourselves on showing up in real life you know so events and experiences and uh you know that's such an important part of 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 the brand and not having the ability to do that during covid was frustrating because then you're kind of you know you're just maybe this sort of digital digital brand and and, and not tr- true to what we wanted to be so um so, so yeah that that's kind of the the stage for us there's there's it's that really that expansion piece and then there's 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 obviously some of that going behind the scenes to really firm up on the operations and the softwares and all this kind of you know fun stuff as well that's needed at at, at a business at our stage now as well so there'll be stores presumably and also, I mean, you've already got your UK warehouse coming on stream, but I'm guessing some technology to ensure smooth running of you know, stock availability, et cetera. You know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we're just coming, you know, out of now a kind of nine or 10 month uh, 
ERP integration and build a data platform, you know, to allow us to, again, just execute better on what we're doing um, and provide a better service to our customers to make sure that the right product's in the right place for them. We can get it there in the fastest time possible, that, again, the returns process is seamless for them um, and just making sure that that, you know, that expectation that's there from the customer, we're able to meet it. Um, so, so that's from the online side of things, and obviously on the retail uh, side as well. We are again see them working, uh, you know, complementing each other. You know, the retail stores and the online side of things. So, looking at you know the next stage of that in the UK too for us. Exciting, exciting. So we can hopefully see yeah, some more exciting, exciting yeah. terrifying. It's all it's everything all in all in one. <laughs> Well, listen, I've really loved hearing about it. I want to go to the shop now. I was, I've been browsing through your website and looking at the product, and now I want to go and um, I want to go and see it in the flesh. I'll have to order something and test your test your fabulous logistics. Oh, listen, you have been really, really fascinating, and I knew you would be. Um, I've really, really enjoyed it. I wish you lots and lots of luck. I promised you I'd come over to um, Ireland and pay you a visit or threatened rather to pay you a visit which i will which i will yeah, do no, <laughs> we'll hold, we'll hold, you, we'll hold yeah. you to that Lorraine. you have to come over i have i do have as i said i have family over there so i've got a good excuse to come anyway um and we hope to see more of you in the uk i hope to see more stores and we'll, we'll come along and pay them a visit but i want to just say thank you so so much and wish you all the luck in the world moving forward because you've got a you've got a great brand and a great opportunity ahead Thanks so much. Really appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you for listening. We really hope this podcast provided you with inspiration and insight to help you look forward with optimism. Don't forget to subscribe to the series at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you choose to listen to your podcasts to ensure you don't miss a future episode. If you'd like to learn more about how you can thrive in the midst of disruption, visit our partners, Advanced Supply Chain Group, at www.advancedsupplychain.com. And don't forget to visit the industry.fashion website to download your copy of Reshopping, our joint study of 2,000 British fashion shoppers. 